Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. X-Ray. The Oh My Dollar team has been hard at work crafting an illustrated guide to personal finance. Get Your Money Together workbook is filled with cats, glam rock, and everything you need to know to get your finances on track in a 90-day program. But we need help to print it. We debut on Kickstarter on October 10th at 10 a.m. I'd love to invite you to help us make it a reality at ohmydollar.com slash kickstarter. There's great perks like cat bow ties and one-on-one financial coaching, and I'll include a special secret bonus reward just for you as a podcast listener if you email podcast at ohmydollar.com with your Kickstarter receipt. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. Let's talk about money. So we're so happy to be back after a fall break. I was off gallivanting across 13 countries, and Will was busy making the rest of X-Ray's programming happen. So today we're talking about a common issue that listeners have asked about a ton, which is buying a home for the first time. Obviously, this is a complex topic, so we're going to try to give you a bit of an overview Um, Now, most of these rules of thumb apply everywhere in the U.S., um, but we may mention a few Oregon and Portland-specific programs. If you don't live in Oregon, you can research similar programs in your own state. You're almost guaranteed to have something kind of similar. Um, It should be useful information today to you, even if you're not an Oregonian, if you're considering buying your first home. For this episode, I'm really excited to have Katie Bovitz to help out with the topic. Hi. Thanks for joining us. So. Katie is the IDA program administrator at the Portland Housing Center, a nonprofit that works to help it make it possible for anyone to have access to home ownership. Katie is a Master of Science in Development Economics from Ohio State University with a specialization in microfinance. And she spent eight years working in community development field in the U.S., Guatemala, South Africa, and Colombia prior to settling in Portland. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today in the studio. So happy to be here. Um. Yeah. So I don't know if we do we want to just dive in. Sure. Let's go for it. Yeah. So if I if I'm thinking about buying a home. Yeah. Um, probably because someone in my family is pressuring me. I feel like that's like 90 <laughs> percent of uh, how people end up considering buying a home. Your family or society. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Um, the American dream. Right. right. Uh, where should I start? That's a great question. And um It might depend on where exactly you are in your personal financial goals and your personal financial management. But let's say that um, you think that home buying might be five years away or three years away or even one year away. Um, I always suggest, because I work for one, a HUD-approved housing counseling agency. And that's because we have 
home buying counselors there who are trained in financial literacy and in dealing with people and in the wide, wide world of home buying. So someone at a home buying counselor at an agency like that is going to sit down with you, Lillian, and they're going to talk about your pay history, your work history, um, how much you're earning, where you're budget is drawing your expenses to so not just how much is coming in but how much is going out um we love budgets on oh my dollar we talk about them all the time yeah well (laughs) even if you have never looked at one before in your life and it kind of makes you cringe they will sit down with you and um go through it so that you see not only how much is coming in but exactly where your income is going and where that discretionary income is that you guys focus on your budgets. Um, they'll also talk to you about different programs that are available in the different areas that you may live in and how to get you mortgage ready. So what lenders are going to be looking at when they are qualifying you for a loan. And so mortgages, like one one of the things that I think people don't kind of realize is a lot of people think that like buying a house Actually, I think it's just opaque to a lot of people that buying a house is opaque about what you need to do to be ready. And, you know, we've talked before on the show about how kind of the the standard rule of thumb is 20 percent down for a lot of people in Portland. That's almost impossible at this point because the across the country. That's out of the question. I mean, 20 percent down on a house that's three hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Right. Right. And you've really got to save up for a long time if you want to do that. Um, but there's other but there's other things that go into it. One, there's some flexibility on the 20 percent down. Um, um, we'll kind of dive into the different ways that you could structure that. Um, but then the other thing is that you need to make sure that you have enough money coming in to pay the mortgage, um, that there's unexpected expenses. Houses are expensive. There are physical leaky things that, you know, Correct. washing machines blow up. And and homeownership is not for everybody. I mean, it is the decision that we talk about at a housing counseling agency. Is homeownership right for you? Because it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. But that's not to say that it's right for everyone. And if you're not ready for the commitments of maintenance and um, taking care of your home in the long run, then it might not be for you. And but it is okay to not want to buy a home, okay. too. That's okay <laughs> to understand the advantages and disadvantages of homeownership. Right. Um, you know, one one thing I think I think my generation feels more nervous about homeownership generally than um, previous generations, just because a lot of us came of age right in the middle of the financial crisis. Definitely. And we have a lot of friends or our parents that were underwater on their mortgages and um, had gotten in in over their heads. Um, and I think I think a lot of the fear that I hear from my listeners around homeownership is this idea that they're getting pressure to do it as an investment, but right. they really just want it for an emotional reason, right? Like you want it because you're sick of your walls having to be white or a lot of that. Yeah. you're, you know, like I like to put up shelves for my cat and then I really hate patching those holes when I re- when I move as a Correct. renter. <laughs> Being able to have a garden and take care of your land like it's yours because it is yours. And um, those are a lot of the things that are great reasons for buying a home. And I mean, we are emotional beings and right. we have a life outside of our finances. Finances. And so those are those are a lot of things that can pull you into homeownership and it could be a great financial investment. It doesn't have to be an either or thing. Right. Right. Um, you know, generally, I recommend don't buy a house simply as an investment if you're going to live in it. It is it is important to consider the financial implications of buying a house. But first and foremost, it's a place to live if you're buying your first home, yes. um, if you're buying a duplex or, you know, an investment property that's beyond the scope of the show and maybe we'll maybe we'll bring on someone yeah. to talk about that in the future um and it doesn't have to be a bad financial decision it could be one 
could be a great financial decision. It's essentially a forced savings plan. Yeah. So when and you're whether you like it or not, sorry, whether you <laughs> like it or not, if you're buying for emotional reasons or not, it is a financial investment, and it's yeah. going to be one of the largest financial investments that you'll make in your life. So you should be prepared. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a lot of people don't realize that even if they have the 20%, they still might not qualify for a mortgage. So, you know, I know a lot of folks that um, that are, you know, self-employed or kind of occasionally employed that um, that are really good at saving money. Like they've always saved money because they're their income is sporadic Um, and they don't a lot of people don't really realize that there are some general rules of thumbs that lenders use to determine if you're a good risk um, to them right because they're lending you a large sum of money um, and you're paying them interest back in order to use it Um, so what are the kind of work history that you look for when people are considering buying a house yeah work history is one of the things that lenders look at in terms of determining that credit risk Um, in terms of the 20% down that you're talking about that is an assurance to lenders that even if you are unable to pay your mortgage in the long run they have had a good chunk of income from you that ensures that it balance it balances the risk that they're taking on making that loan to you if you can't make that 20 percent down payment then you can still get a mortgage as you mentioned by paying something that's called a mortgage insurance which is essentially an extra fee that goes to the lenders to ensure them to balance their risk that they're taking on you ensure them that you are a good risk for them to take financially and uh, mortgage insurance is usually, it's not the same as homeowner's insurance. We should emphasize Correct. that. It's its not insurance for you. It doesn't protect you doesn't if protect you're, you a tree all. falls on your house. It simply uh, protects the lender. It's protecting the lender. Um, and it's different than title insurance. There's a lot of insurances There's a involved. Lot of insurance, <laughs> and that's part of the opacity of the homeownership process, right? It's just that there is a lot of information to know. And considering that it is this weighty financial decision, whether you want it to be or not, it matters that you know all of these different terms. Yeah. So um, uh, what we're talking about with this private mortgage insurance that is kind of a compensation for not being able to hit 20% down, um, that's often called PMI. It's usually referred Correct. to as PMI. So if you hear the word, the the letters PMI being bandied about, it probably means that you are not at uh, 20% of what you were going to spend on a house. Um, there's also ways to avoid PMI, even if you can't make 20% down, right? There's some other kind of interesting ways that you can structure a mortgage to avoid it. Correct. There are. And before getting back to your question about the um, employment history that we will get back to. <laughs> we have editing skills. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Before getting back to that, um, there are, for example, down payment assistance programs. <clears throat> which may give you um, gift funds. The IDA is one of those down payment assistance programs. Um, It may give you gift funds, or it may be a small loan. For example, Portland Housing Center can give you a second, it's called a secondary mortgage, um, that functions as that 20% down if you can't afford the 20% down out of your own savings. So what that does is save you from paying this extra fee that goes to the lenders. And when you are paying back the secondary mortgage, you're actually paying down principal on your loan as opposed to just paying additional fees. Right. So there are ways to work around the 20% down and the mortgage insurance. And one of the reasons that a lot of people try to avoid 
PMI is that they um, that that money doesn't really go go anywhere, right? So yeah. if you're paying down principal, this is one of the the reasons that homeownership has been a large basis of Americans' financial plans for you know the past sixty years or so is because the really great part about it is it's a forced savings plan, yes. right? So um, you know as opposed to forcing yourself to put money away every month. A percentage of what you pay on your mortgage is going in towards the principal on the principal, and that is essentially money that you would get back at sale as long as you can sell it for what for what you actually put it on. Which, unfortunately, during the last financial crisis, we saw a lot of people whose you know the local market was inflated, and so their house when they bought it they bought it for more than what they were actually able to get out at sale. And so that's one of the reasons why I think one of the considerations that you really need to think about is that um, as far as investments, homes are slow, (laughs) right? Like if I want to sell stocks in my portfolio, I can sell them by this afternoon. Um, If I want to sell a house, it would be very lucky to sell it within 30 days and then you still got to wait for closing. Um, you should likely be in it for the long term. And if you're not in for long term, if you're not in it for the long term, then you're probably taking a large risk. Yeah. And, you know, this has been kind of a common rule of thumb. I'm, I'm curious to think if if this is still used. But a lot of people say often around seven years is the breaking point. If you think you're going to be in a house for seven years, that's often the point at which um, buying can make more sense than renting. If you yes. don't think you're going to be in that house for seven years, it might not make sense to do it. Yeah, I've heard between five and seven years, and it depends on the market and um, where you're buying, particularly different areas of the city can uh, have different lengths of time in which they will, quote unquote, pay themselves off. And, you know, we've, we're buy versus rent, we could probably fill an entire month's worth of episodes on it. Um, There are two calculators that I can recommend that you can go into because it really does depend on your local market. Um, You know, and Portland is, we're we're slowing down a little bit, but we've been a really hot market for a long time. Um, But our apartment market is also really tight. Um, So I do recommend checking out the New York Times buy versus rent calculator. Um, And then Zillow.com also has a buy versus rent calculator. And it'll let you type in the numbers for your particular situation. And it will actually churn out a breaking point for you. Like, oh, if you think you're going to be in the house, you can fiddle around with it. If you think you're going to be in for five years, if you think you're going to be in for eight. Um, So that can be kind of a a good way to approach it. Um, And one of the things that we always talk about at Portland Housing Center Uh, because we get plenty of questions about the timing of the market and when to buy. Um, But what we focus on in Portland Housing Center is it is a good time to buy when you are ready to buy. I love it. That's what I say all the time. (laughs) Because we live in a very unpredictable world. If you haven't listened to the news lately, um, it seems even more unpredictable all the time. Um, And nobody can tell the future. So you can talk to 20 different people and they'll have 20 different opinions, opinions on um, whether you should buy or sell, uh, whether you should rent for the rest of your life. Um, but what we focus on is it's a good time to buy when you're ready to buy. Yeah. Um, you know, don't make the decision because your great aunt has arm twisted you in and said, oh, interest rates are going to go up next week and therefore you need to buy right now. Exactly. It's not it, even if it's an emotional purchase and it's something that you're doing because you feel emotionally invested in it. It's not something that we suggest that you make an emotional decision about. Right. Totally. It's it's good to have the numbers in front of you, even if emotions are going to guide the final <laughs> the final decision. Right? right. But if you were stuck in that house for another 30 years, would you be able to pay the mortgage? Would yeah. you be foreclosed on 
are you going to have changes in your lifetime that you can already see, regardless of the unpredictable changes that may be out there? If today you made the purchase, will you be able to stick with that mortgage for the lifetime of the mortgage? Okay. To wrap my general advice around mortgages, make sure you can afford it. Only buy when you're ready. Um, you don't want to get an adjustable rate mortgage. You want a fixed rate because you want to know what you're going to be paying each month. Um, and those adjustable rate mortgages or balloon mortgages can be bad stuff. Bad, bad products. Try not to try not to get those. Um, if that's the only thing you qualify for, you may need to wait a couple adjustable years. Adjustable rate mortgages are only a good idea for a very, very small proportion of the population, and that proportion of the population tends to be very wealthy. Okay. So probably not you if you're listening to this show. Maybe. I don't know. Uh and um, last but not least, if you've got more questions about homeownership, um, I'd love to start answering them on the show. Um, I think we're going to do an entire episode on buy versus rent because it sounds like that is a thing we should talk more about. Um, and uh, Katie, something I ask every guest before we go, Uh-oh. what is the best financial decision you ever made and what is the worst? Wow. Do I get a second to think about that? <laughs> what is the best financial decision that I ever made? I'm going to say sitting, you're going to love this one too, sitting down to actually do a budget. Yeah. Because it really seemed so scary and anxiety provoking before I sat down to do it. And then when I actually sat down to do it, it relieved so much anxiety and just lifted this weight from my shoulder. It wasn't horrible at all to do. It wasn't difficult at all to do. And then I just felt like, wow, this is so clear and simple. And I know what's coming in and what's going out. And I don't have to cross my fingers that everything is going to work out at the end of the month. And the worst financial decision? Um... You can't hear about that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. That's a good way to end. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today. This was delightful. Hopefully we didn't overwhelm everybody with information. I'm but... sure we did, but come visit your local housing center and uh, we will help you sort it out. Awesome. Uh, well, that wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki and I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.